This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Neil Zacharias and you're listening to Eat for the Planet. On this show, we try to answer the question, how can we eat in a way that nourishes us without starving the planet? The show features conversations with food industry leaders, health and sustainability experts, as well as entrepreneurs and creative minds who are redefining the future of food. Before I dive into today's conversation, a quick reminder that the Eat for the Planet cookbook is now available for pre-order. This is the follow-up to my first book titled Eat for the Planet, which made the case for why we urgently need to change our food system and how we can all be a part of that transformation with our food choices. The cookbook is an essential guide for bringing about that change in your own kitchen. The Eat for the Planet cookbook features recipes from brands like Beyond Meat, Veggie Grill, Tofurky, No Evil Foods, Ripple Foods, and from talented chefs like Miyoko Shinner, Chad and Derek Sarno, Peggy Chan, Fran Costigan, Janet Clairbon, and several others. Go to eftp.co slash cookbook to learn more. The book is available on Amazon and everywhere else books are sold. Pre-order one for yourself and another for a friend or family member who could really use it. In this episode, I speak with Ben Davis and Jake Caveney from Plant-Based World. Ben Davis, the Content and Communications Director of Plant-Based World, has been on the podcast back in episode number 65. Regular listeners of the podcast might also know that I'm an advisor to Plant-Based World and that Eat for the Planet partnered with Plant-Based World to launch the Business Summit at the first Expo, which was held in June 2019 at the Javits Convention Center in New York City. The goal was to create a conference and a trade show unlike anything that was out there and make it a must-attend event for anyone looking to succeed in the fast-growing plant-based food space. The conference and expo turned out to be a huge success, and now the plan is to go bigger, better, and bolder in the year 2020. Following the huge success of the first expo, Plan-Based World hired Chris Nemchek as general manager to oversee the future growth of the event in New York and London. Chris has spent the last 20 plus years at the Specialty Food Association and is well recognized for his role in developing the fancy food shows into North America's premier specialty food marketplace. In addition to Chris, Plan-Based World also added some new team members on the business development side, including Jake Caveney, who's on today's episode with Ben Davis. 
Whether you attended the first plan-based world expo or not, you won't want to miss this episode. We talk about everything from the plant-based food space and what makes it so special to the experience we all had witnessing the first expo come together, the intention behind it, and how Plant-Based World 2020 is already shaping up to be an event you will want to attend. Without further ado, let's dive into the conversation. Ben Davis and Jake Caveney, thank you for joining us on the Eat for the Planet podcast. Great to be back, Nell. Likewise. Ben Davis, you've been on the podcast before. You're Content and Communications Director of Plant-Based World Expo, only the greatest plant-based expo ever created. Uh, And I say that not as a joke, but because it has been the greatest plant-based expo ever created. It's a professional trade show, but it's more. It's also... Uh, an amazing business conference, which I'm very happy to and transparently kind of communicate that I am a business partner on. And uh, it also has a healthcare conference. And one of the coolest parts about Plan-Based World, which if anyone's heard this podcast has probably heard me talk about it in some of the episodes, is that it also brings in uh, the community that is the consumers who, and it creates this professional, amazing show where you have all these three different elements all under one roof where people are doing business deals, people are learning about new products, and uh, you also have really excited consumers who can come in and meet the people behind the companies and try the food. So obviously I am have been an early supporter and fan of uh, plant-based world and the work you're doing, Ben, um, and we've known each other now for some time. Jake, you're a new addition to the team, and uh, so why don't we start with you, and why don't we start with how you got involved in Plant-Based World and and what it is that you do there. Absolutely. So Ben Davis and I go way back, about 10 years. We were in college together at Tufts University, and we have been more or less best friends ever since. So Ben and I both embarked on our vegan journey journey kind of separate but equal about three, three and a half years ago where we weren't staying in super close touch at the time, came back together a couple months later and realized we had both gone vegan unbeknownst to each other um, and kind of embarked on this journey that has changed my life in a a great number of ways. So when I found out Ben was getting involved with the trade event and kind of kicking off plant-based world, I was obviously incredibly excited and initially went to the show just as an attendee this past June. So Ben got me a, an all-access pass to the show. I was able to sit in on the healthcare conference and the business conferences. I made myself very popular with all of the exhibitors, taking as many samples as I could possibly <laughs> fit in my belly over the course of two days. And you know, I, I haven't been in the food industry before, but I'm a, I'm a very passionate vegan. And I think that the event had this energy about it that was... It was really electric, you know, being able to see the the diversity of the attendees who were there from the folks who were there from the business side to the people preaching about the benefits of plant-based nutrition for healthcare, and then just the excited Instagram influencers and, you know, moms and dads who were walking down the aisle and learning about these exciting, innovative new plant-based products. It was this, just this gathering place of all the things that I personally find to be most important and the things that really light me up. So plant-based world was phenomenal. I had a really great time. And 
given the amount the show was projected to increase into year two, um, was given the opportunity to come along as the business development director, or one of the two business development directors for Plant-Based World Conference and Expo. And so my role really is to be finding all of the best, brightest, big and small plant-based companies who want to come out to the event, exhibit or sponsor and get in front of the audience that we're bringing out to the show. Uh, It's been a really fun start, been learning a lot and uh, trying to wrap my head around this great big food industry and the way that the plant-based movement is integrating into it. Ben, did you um, bring Jake to the show with the intention of of trying to coercing him into joining forces with you guys? So it's a good question. And there's a little bit of yes and a little bit of no. So way back when we were first developing the idea um, and kind of coming up with this business plan and, and starting to go out and put a team together, um, you know, Jake came to mind right away as someone who I would love to have involved in this. Um, at the time, uh, it wasn't the best fit with where he was at in his career and what we were looking for to get the show off the ground. Um, but it was certainly something that I kind of threw out there as, hey, we're starting this business. I don't know if it's the right fit right now. But, you know, down the road, as we as we grow, I believe that your passion and skill set could be, you know, something um, worth exploring. So that was way back, you know, a year and a half ago or, or even earlier when we were first launching. Um, and then, you know, Jake made it, made it clear to me at some point he told me he booked his flights for plant-based world. We hadn't, he was, you know, we hadn't had a conversation about it yet. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. You're coming. And he said, well, I wouldn't miss it. (laughs) Um, and so, you know, it was entirely his initiative to be there. Um, and you know, at the time we were so caught up in just making this first trade show run smoothly that, you know, it wasn't, there wasn't much else on my mind, um, until, the weeks after, as we were able to reflect on you know the, su- the successful launch, the projected growth, um, you know definitely needed to expand the team to uh, be able to accommodate what we expect to be a you know twice as big of a trade show in year two, um, and that was when we started going out and looking for business development directors who could who could take it to that next level. Um, and definitely want to give out a shout out to our teammate Donna, uh, Donna Brown, who is also um, on Jake's business development team, uh, who, who isn't on, on this particular trip with us right now. Um, but you know, she's, she's working with us as well. And and so Jake and Donna became, you know, the, the team that was clearly capable of being able to take what was a great launch show to the next level of, of being a bigger and better event that can truly serve the growth of growth of this movement and the industry. Um, and so once, once we started going out to really find, find the, the additions to the team, you know, I, especially having had Jake at the show, um, and knowing what he's capable of and where his passion is, uh, you know, it was my, my first thought was to connect him with the rest of the team. And, and luckily he was able to impress them as well. And, and now we're here. So what was your sort of after-action report for Plan-Based World Expo year number one? It, I keep referring to it as if it happened last year, but I realized we were, we were talking about this last night. It's only been about five months or so since that show happened. Um, and and, I, and the only reason it feels like it was so long ago is that there's been so much news and developments and progress in the plant-based food industry just in the five or six months alone, which it, it just, it blows my mind as someone who's been following the space for a long time, longish time now, um, to see how quickly things are evolving and changing and morphing, that it was less than two years ago when you and I first connected that the, there wasn't any trade show in the space. There were not many people who believed that this could even happen. And then 
and it did. And in June, to experience that was was I. Actually, I don't think I've recorded a podcast about the show after the show. But I do want to spend time reflecting on that. And, you know, Jake gave us a sense of uh, what it was like to attend the event and the energy and the buzz. For me, as someone who was involved from the beginning, leading up to the point, um, you know, we were excited and nervous the night before. Uh, I was... I had one thought in my mind, and this is the last thing I'm going to say, and I'd love your input on on how your take of the event was. But I I don't know if I actually vocalized this, but I I probably did. That I said, you know, it seems to be all great on paper, and we've put together this great event. What if no one shows up tomorrow morning? (laughs) (laughs) And especially when I had to be there at 8 a.m. or something, I think, Mm -hmm. the next morning, because we were doing the opening keynote panel. Uh, there was no one when I first showed up, but yep. little did I know there was a line forming outside very soon and it, it, it quickly filled up and I'll let you take it from there. Well, you know, I, I was the one who had to get on stage even before you um, <laughs> and introduce you at a time that was even kind of before we announced the event starting. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm no stranger to being on stage in front of people. So, I, you know, I know yeah. how to kind of manage that ex- lowering your expectations. And, you know, if, if there are 20 people in here and they're engaged, then I can walk away happy. So... When I walked off the stage after introducing you and the opening panelists to a room with at least a couple hundred, if not a few hundred people in it, um, and then walked back and in, in a you know towards more of the end of your opening keynote, and there did a head count of about five hundred people in the room, standing room only. This is nine a.m. on a Friday for a first time ever event in a market that lots of people wondered if it even needed its own trade show at the time. Uh, you know, I think we. It almost reminded me of this moment that our team had way back months before um, in a team meeting when we kind of all envisioned this moment of Friday morning of the inaugural day. Um, and, and the statement w- that was made was, you know, we'll, we'll know by around not between 9 and 10 a.m. on that day if we have something here. Mm. And we had to put in a lot of work just to get to that point. Um, but it was pretty clear seeing that packed keynote room that, that we had something here um, and almost made the next couple days really fly by in a, in a crazy and hectic, but also smooth and fun way because the, the worry that all the work we had done and all the intention that we put into it was going to fall flat was, was over. We got past that. Um, people showed up, people were smiling and talking and doing all the things you want them to be doing at a trade show, flashing business cards from key buyers and, and conversations that they had had that they're really excited about. Um, so on site, you know, for me, besides the running around to, to make all, you know, all my own responsibilities on the conference program side, um, there was just this feeling of like, certainly a breath of, of relief that people have showed up, just like you said, that concern was out of the way. And um, also now one step beyond that are the people who have shown up, are they having the experience that we mm-hmm. hopefully designed the space for them to have? Um, and that's not something that you necessarily know right away because it comes out as people reflect on their experiences and they follow up on their conversations. Um, and you know, the real business doesn't necessarily all get done and signed on site. Um, but everyone there had this feeling like we made the right decision to be here. Um, and I think that was the most powerful thing for me. Um, and you know, and, and the, and the folks who also put their, their names and connections and reputations behind the event, like yourself and, and the rest of our partners and advisors was, you know, we can, we can really enjoy this event now because we created it. The people are all seeming to 
uh, resonate with, with the reasons that we created it and the different aspects that we brought together. And there's certainly always going to be things to improve on and, uh, you know, be able to do differently next year and grow and make it better. But all that, uh, in consideration, you know, it seems like we've done a good job at, at doing a first time event the way that we wanted to. Um, and that that's a great feeling to have when you put a lot of work into something that has never existed before. Yeah, I can imagine. And, you know, Jake, I love your perspective on this because you attended the event, got to experience it as someone who was has been interested in plant-based food and wanted to be at this event and support your friend, Ben, um, and, and kind of just just have fun for those two days to now where you're on the role where you're in the, on the front lines talking to uh, vendors who are going to buy boots at the next Plant-Based World Expo, when you talk to them or if someone listening to this is a, is a plant-based food company and is curious and thinking about the event, like what's the best report you can give of how the first year event was and what they missed out on if they weren't there? So... You know, the, the food space in general I'm coming to find is just incredibly complex and variable and, and dynamic. It's ever-changing. And, you know, what existed before plant-based world for plant-based food companies was a number of, you know, very large and, and not quite so segmented shows in the sense that they go to these trade events and they tend to be very large and, you know, they can be chaotic and it's it's hard to to really stand out when you're at a show that is kind of, you know, so, so diverse, right? You don't necessarily know that the people who are coming to the event are going to be the people who want to see your product. Plant-based world really offers a, a very different narrative to what has come before. And it's a, it's a pretty rel- you know, new option for a movement that's gaining so much momentum and traction. And it allows an exhibitor with a plant-based product to invest their marketing or event dollars into an experience that's going to allow them to see the right person for exactly what they're delivering. And I think that, you know, what I've, what I've come to find in talking to, you know, potential exhibitors and folks who've done all the shows that exist in the U S and, you know, and abroad for years is that it's a, it's a real relief and a breath of fresh air to be able to find a show that's just for your people. There's a community that we're building that deserves to have its own gathering place. And that is where you can come, whether you are a massive company who is already distributed nationally and, you know, all over retail and food service, or if you launched last year and you want to get in front of a few key buyers so that you can make sure that your, you know, your products hit store shelves or get on restaurant menus it is the place for you if you identify as plant-based and vegan, and, and that has never existed before. So it's a unique value that we're able to provide that really nowhere else can in the B2B food space. And while there are amazing healthcare conferences that focus on the plant-based movement, and there are veg fests that are phenomenal events for consumers to get out and try new products, this has a, it has a different feel. You know, a consumer doesn't necessarily go to a veg fest and meet the founder of the company that they were going to veg fest for. Plant-based world is different. It really offers a much more much more vibrant space um, for, for all of these exhibitors and, and sponsors and stakeholders and movers to be able to congregate and, and really continue to, to bolster the growth of the movement that we're all a part of. Yeah. And what kind of feedback did you sort of get from attendees as well as exhibitors, people who spoke at the event, 
what was the consistent theme in terms of what they what value they got out of the event uh, and what things they thought could even be better so you can tackle that next year so i think i can i can take that one because i was kind of responsible for putting together this what might have been considered wacky concept of bringing together you know what is kind of a b2b buying focused audience of people who are in food service and retail and, and restaurants who are trying to source plant-based products, uh, perhaps only for business purposes, maybe in some cases business and a personal connection, but certainly allowing and creating a space where people who only care about the business side of things can, can feel comfortable coming in um, and combining that with these other uh, aspects that you had alluded to in the intro, which is the healthcare side. Um, you know, bringing in these legendary figures within our movement, like Michael Greger, Dr. Michael Greger and Colin Campbell and, and these guys who, you know, have done such incredible work behind the scenes and now very much in front of the scenes, uh, deservedly so these days to, to show people how they can be healthier eating this way. Um, and even though it doesn't necessarily seem at first glance, like the whole food plant-based nutrition movement is that related to, um, the meat alternative food space, but you know, these, it all, it all connects. And, and also an aspect of that would be, you know, the community and the influencers and the entrepreneurs and, you know, the, the vision, you know, the vision that we had that, that we were talking about, I think it was a year ago, last August, you know, when we, when we did our first podcast was to bring all of these facets together and to create a space where business can get done. But first and foremost, it's, it's about the community and we want the business people, even if they didn't realize they were part of a community to leave feeling like, wow, not only am I a buyer of these products, but I'm also kind of feeling like it's cool to be a part of this community and whether or not that leads them to make their own personal changes, that's, that's on them. But, but we want to foster that community without losing the business and, and progressive side of moving an industry forward. And so to get back to your question, you know, the most, uh, the best feedback that I received were people coming up to me and saying, I now see why you had that vision and why your team put this together in that way. Um, and, and to be able to come here and learn about the latest trends in retail stores for plant-based products, um, but then to walk by the speaker room and get to shake hands with Dr. Michael Greger, um, you know, like that's, that doesn't happen at other events. And it's, it's, it's a way for people to, to see just from being in a certain place that what, what they're doing is connected to so many other things. And there's other people who, who might at first glance seem like their passion is so different than mine or their day-to-day -day work or job or whatever it is they do is, is so different. Um, you know, they're in an in Instagram influencer. You're a doctor. I, I'm a buyer for a distributor. Like it doesn't seem like we have much in common, but we all find ourselves at this expo right now. And, and why is that? Because there's this one thing, which is creating a better food system. And the food system is a part of just a, a cleaner, more balanced world um, that, that makes sense for all people and all beings and all aspects of our, of our planet. And at least starts to create a dialogue in a space where, where all of these different pieces can, can live in harmony Um to have people come and see that and then be able to communicate back to, to myself and our team that that, that worked mm. was really cool because I answered the question of why are you doing this? Why aren't you focused on one of the, you know, for a year and a half. Yeah. Um, and and that, that was really, you know, really, really helped uh, help me feel like what we're doing is we're on the right path and, and we can continue to grow this, but we don't need to 
you know, scrap the core concept, which is bringing these audiences together. And, and of course, there are always things to improve on. And, and we're, we're tightening up aspects of our brand to make it a, make it a little bit more, um, uh, the different aspects of the event a little less confusing and more straightforward and, and help our attendees and our customers understand the experience that they're coming to have. Um, and I think that our team and our, and our new uh, expanded team uh, is doing a really good job of tackling those those concerns and coming up with creative solutions to make 2020, um, you know, an even bigger, better, and and more streamlined uh, event. Um, but really, that was kind of the the main critique was kind mm-hmm. of making every because there's so many moving pieces, making it all fit together in a bit more of a streamlined way. But mm-hmm. the the core concept that we put together, um, people seem to really uh, vibe with, and and that's what we're most excited about. And if I may add, you know. Speaking to the uniqueness of the event itself, often what I hear when I get on a call with a you know food manufacturer who's familiar with the trade expos and then in a separate category, a consumer show. If they like trade expos and they hear there's a consumer component, they kind of get the heebie-jeebies. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't know if I want to go to this consumer show because there's this element of like people are just going to mob through the doors, take all of the free stuff that they can, stuff their faces and leave. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, could be true at other consumer mm-hmm. events. I won't speak for them. I, you know, it seems to be the perception that they have. And what I've gotten overwhelmingly from exhibitors who were there is that the consumers who showed up to the event were actually a really helpful piece of market research for the people who were there to buy. And so what I mean when I say that is there are multiple success stories of some of the brands who exhibited at Plant-Based World this past June, having lines around the corner from their booth, mobs of people literally mobs of people, depending on the booth, trying to get to the samples that were coming out. And if a key buyer walks by that and sees this sort of activity <laughs> and excitement, they're, they're probably going to take a second look and approach these people and be like, Why it, what is it about this company mm. that's inspiring such excitement in the consumer that I'm putting product on the shelves or on the menus to please like this is the person that I'm, that I'm literally catering to and so what we offer in a sense that is very different than your traditional expo is we, it's literally market research on the floor like all of the buyers who come on friday are there on saturday and they are walking the floor among consumers able to identify okay this brand over here is doing something that's really exciting and and i'm going to go talk to them because i think i want to be a part of that excitement and that's something that no other expos can really offer in, in the space. I'll come back to plan-based world 2020 and, and what we, in plan-based world in general, but I, especially what Ben laid out and then I think you've added to it is there's this whole, and I want to talk a little bit to the challenge that Ben sort of articulated, which was he had this crazy idea about combining all three. And I was one amongst many who said, maybe you're trying to do too much because um there and this is this is an interesting thing to to explore right and i i want to spend some time on it because the plant based community or the world or the industry is not one thing it's made up of these um various little components there's you have um the the health experts the people who are interested in diet and nutrition you have, of course, now the CPG brands, you have restaurants, you have 
passionate vegans. <laughs> and everyone comes at it with their own approach. Some people are the hardcore animal rights activists. You have some people who come at it completely from an angle, focused on sustainability. Others who just think it's cool and relevant, so they're on, to the, on board. There is no one community anymore. It almost seems like if you want to pinpoint one community, then you're going to limit yourselves to 5% of the population that identify as vegan. That is truly maybe one community. But the rest of it is this random mishmash of entrepreneurs, investors, uh, MDs, scientists. And when you initially had the idea of having some of it all brought under one roof, especially like a healthcare conference with a, a trade show, I didn't know how it was going to come together. And I was kind of frankly surprised. And I think what you said, Jake, is that how those things sort of blended together in a positive way where the consumer is present and showing enthusiasm for certain brands and products helped become a data point for the buyers present who are trying to identify which would be the interesting brands to go talk to and try their products. And the... The thing I probably missed in the initial idea was how when you curate something with the right intention and you you make sure you get the right people on board and you get the right advisors and you get the right partners and you sell boots to the right companies, um, and you can end up curating only the best of the best where you don't have those rabid mobs uh, coming in and stealing all the free food. Uh, and people are appreciative of the fact that it's this, and there's this mutual respect, even if you're like the whole food plant-based guru of the planet, sitting and seeing people trying out a plant-based burger that is very clearly not whole food plant-based and not being... And, and being able to be fine with it and embrace each other being, hey, we're all kind of part of this movement to make the world better, to help people make kinder, healthier, most sustainable food choices. And and I found this, and I'm, I'm yeah, this is my last point on this, but I found, I felt the sense of, um, it brought aspects, the best aspects of a trade show, the best aspects of a veg fest, and the best aspects of having people driven by one of the biggest reasons people try to eat plant-based, which is health, um, the best aspects of health and nutrition brought together in a place where there was mutual respect um, uh, and support and a sense of community and a sense of like, hey, you do your part. If, if selling plant-based burgers is what you do, do that. I mean, I may not eat that, but do that anyway. And, and that to me was like one of the first experiences I've, uh, I've had in, in this space, so to speak, where, where people were just like, wow, this is, a, this is a professional event. And I can really sense, uh, I can feel like this is a true plan-based event because no other expo could have pulled off. They didn't, what, what, what kind of community would they have? Like, I'm not going to try to bash another expo, but I don't think there's a passionate consumer group that says, hey, I'm only into natural foods. <laughs> So, so Ben, I just want to kind of uh, congratulate you on on having the guts to to even think of that crazy idea. But then, of course, it wasn't only you that helped bring that into a real event and pull it off professionally. There's a lot more that goes into that, um, and to be able to execute on that 
and have the humility to bring in others to fill in the gaps where you didn't have the answers. So thank you. No, I, I really appreciate that. And it almost, it leads me to kind of want to, I feel like our conversations often take a step back into a more philosophical realm. <laughs> so I feel comfortable going there with you at this point. And, you know, when you really, when you put it that way and we reflect on what we accomplished, which was such just the beginning, you know, and, and the starting point to what we see um, growing and growing and growing into ways that, you know, we can't even imagine right now. Um, and that's part of the fun of it is not knowing exactly what it's going to look like uh, three, five, 10 years down the road. But, um, you know, what, what do we need in this world right now more than finding our common threads that we can all share and agree on? You know, it's like, it, and we need that on so many levels, whether it's politically or environmentally, whatever issue it is, like, we all, we're all humans on this planet. So we all have things that we share in common. And if we can train our minds to pick out those things rather than things that separate us and cause us to be, um, you know, fearful and, and defensive, um, I feel like that's when the creativity and the, the passion and the, you know, just the pure joy of being alive and being excited to wake up every day and, and connect with others comes out. And so it's almost like if we can't do that in a setting where we all are caring and excited about plant-based things, like if we can't come together and find common ground there, we're on our own. We've all decided that we care about eating plant-based food or living a plant-based lifestyle, like, you know, and, and, and we bicker and argue about whether it should be whole food or whether it should be a burger or whether it should be, you know, all these things that can kind of be this internal turmoil within any movement or any community, um, you know, focusing on the things that we could see differently. We're going to continue to have fragmented events where this little corner gathers and, and this aspect gathers here. And, and we kind of, you know, say the things we don't like about them behind their backs at all. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's, it's not productive at all. Um, and so in some ways when we reflect on it, it's like, it was almost a test. Like, can we all come together and actually see that we're all doing our best here and we all have different unique things to contribute. And the only way we're ever going to make progress is if we both become in tune with the unique things that we have to contribute and also become as accepting as possible of everyone else doing the unique thing that they have to contribute and, and I think that's what we were able to accomplish in the first year. Mm. Um, and to be able to set a precedent that, yes, we can do that. You know, we have, we have shown that the business folks and the health folks and the, the, the general public, the influencers, the entrepreneurs who aren't a part of the, 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 the actual industry yet, but they want to be and they're looking for investors who want to bring more. Like all of us can, we can play in the proverbial sandbox. <laughs> um, we can, we can share ideas. We can appreciate the, you know, the, the progress that, you know, folks who have been doing this, uh, you know, creating plant-based cheese brands since the seventies have been doing and, and the startups that have only been around for three months and have an idea that no one's ever come up with, like everyone is contributing mm -hmm. and, and that's beautiful. And the more we can see that as something to celebrate every day and to, um, you know, be encouraged by and to bring, bring out more of, um, you know, that's, that's what seems like the most exciting aspect of being a part of something like this to me. Yeah. I also think it's the intention with which you, you hold. I mean, I know it's a trade show and we can get caught up in, in the fact that this is, this is all driven by the CPG or the food companies and the retail and food service brought buyers and 
all you are doing. You can you can sort of narrow down a trade show to be just about hey, you buy boot space and you'll get meetings with buyers and you can make new business and kind of pull it down to the sort of skeleton of what a trade show is. And yeah, we'll have some sponsors and we'll have a we'll have a conference and some people will come. But what you just said is you're taking the you're taking the DNA of a trade show and you're using it to basically hold space and create a platform where with the intention you're going in with the intention that hey we're we're all driven by the same mission and we're coming together under this one banner and one container and we're going to play nicely over here and we're all going to because you realize because you're holding the space with the right intention that people who come into it even though they may have the wrong intention outside that space when they come into that space they play i wouldn't i don't want to say play by your rules but they play by this this uh this energy that is way more accepting way more collaborative way more about the bigger picture than it is about people's individual points of view opinions selfish interests and uh insecurities and all of that shit that keeps us uh from actually listening to people we may not agree mm-hmm. with so i think that's a crucial part it may, it it yeah i know this conversation is going a bit into that philosophical territory but i but I do believe it's what sets plant-based world apart. So it, it, by not bringing it up, I, I, I think we'd be doing a disservice to the kind of idea that it has been born out of and the experience that you ended up creating through the conference and the expo. And so personally, I felt all of that. I felt that sense of like community and finally everyone was coming together and figuring out how you know, how all of us can rise together as this movement can really turn into something truly impactful. Because, again, I'm not going to go spewing facts about this, but we really need to do something and we need to do it fast. And food, in my opinion, is the easiest way to get people to make choices that are better for them, better for the planet, um, and to see the world in a slightly different way where you have a better understanding of how your personal choices are contributing to things that are far beyond what you may think are you. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, Jake, I want to get your take on this as uh, someone who's known Ben for a long time. Were you surprised, uh, sort of not surprised when you showed up at that event? So, <clears throat> I mean, so I've known Ben now very well for a long time and I, I can say with a lot of confidence that as long as Ben believes in what he's putting his energy and effort towards, there is a very, very high probability that it will be realized. And what that will look like can obviously vary from his career as a musician to plant-based world. Like Success is in the stars if the alignment and the intention is there. So to directly answer your question, no. I was not surprised that the event was a success. What I was... What I was surprised by was to walk in the doors and, and like, I, I, I didn't even know there were that many plant-based food companies, and it was the first year. I mean, we had 150 companies on the floor, and I was walking around like a kid in a candy shop, like literally a kid in a candy shop. There were just so many vegan treats I never knew existed, super cool companies doing all of these things that I was just completely unfamiliar with because it's really hard to, you know, to stand out like some of the biggest companies do 
right? Like there are, are a certain few companies who have made massive strides in the plant-based industry and you see their names on the news and you're kind of clued in to, to mm -hmm. what they're doing. But what lies underneath that extreme success and, and a couple of particular stories are a, a whole congregation and community of these really passionate and progressive entrepreneurs, you know, rubber hitting the road with fantastic ideas. And, you know, for, for me, now that I've started to better understand the way the food industry works and what chances you have to promote yourself, what I'm coming to find is, and big surprise here, the more money you have, the more you can stand out, right? So if you're the type of company who's had a lot of success and has a huge marketing budget and can throw money at this or that, or, you know, building a massive setup at some of these major trade shows that can cost an absurd amount of money to a startup, you're in a very advantageous place that most companies don't find themselves in. And so what, what I've found is a real honor to me is to be able to present this, this alternative. And it's not just an opportunity to do business. It's also an opportunity to, like we've been talking about, find alignment with the community that you've been looking for. The, the plant-based space has such a beating heart that is impossible to ignore. And so what we can, you know, yeah, of course, it, it costs money to be in a trade show. That's how it works. Like the booths cost money. You're in a convention center. It's going to be expensive. You're flying team members out. But don't you want to do that with your people? Like, isn't that where you want to be at the trade show as opposed to at a show where as a new up-and-coming plant-based company, you're between the milk brand and the bacon brand? It's like there's this kind of paradigm shift that seems to be happening all over the place. And I think whenever you shift a paradigm, there's this, this clinging to what was. And for me, it's helping to just like gently educate the world that now we have a, a different pathway forward. And it's a, if you're doing amazing things in the plant-based space, you belong at plant-based world. That's just where you should be. It's where your people are. It's where the buyers are. who are going to be excited to see your products. And it's where your crazy idea that you sunk your life savings into and got your parents and all your friends to invest in can actually get in front of the people who can take it from a dream and put it on a grocery store shelf. And that's, that's mm -hmm. something you really can't, it's not something you can't do at other events, but it is a lot harder and it requires a, a huge spend. And then it's very hard to stand out. So to me, you know, what, what Ben has done, what Ben has done is take, his energy and his passion and, you know, at, at just making the world a better place and increasing the bonds that tie us together and applied it to something that desperately was yearning for that sort of a, a gathering place. Mm. And, and that's what we're doing. And it's, if you don't see it now, you'll be there in a couple of years. That's just how it's going to go, you know? <laughs> and, and if you're, if you're an early adopter, you're going to be, you're going to be glad you were there on the ground floor. So it's, it's exciting. And it's, something that I can be really passionate about and really, you know, be really strong on. Like I know the value of the show. Mm -hmm. I'm the one selling the booths and selling the sponsorships as is Donna. And we're out here very happy and stoked to see the people who come through. And for the yeah. ones who aren't ready yet, they'll, they'll learn. It'll, yeah. it'll just be a matter of time. It's funny. Even like talking about this today is sort of taking me back to June uh, and the feeling of being there. And I remember it brought up this moment where we were standing in the middle of the trade show floor 
uh, and I won't name him because I don't want to, I, I probably would have to ask his permission before I repeat the things he said in the trade show. But uh, you probably will know who I'm talking about. And he looked at me and he, and he said, Neil, this is going to be huge. And, <laughs> and he's like, this is like the early days. Uh, this is like you were there the first year when Expo West or something started, where like only a few people believed in it. And then before you know it, it became this big thing. And it's like, this is going to be one of those things. And we're going to make it happen. And <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about, Ben. And I, I and, and I was like, oh, you think that? I was thinking that, but now you're thinking that. So it must be true. <laughs> and so it is like the best of... It's like being at Expo West or any of the other... And again, I love Expo West and East, and I go to all these trade shows. What they've done is amazing, but the, this, so to me, this felt like this curation of the right energy from these different sort of formats all mashed together. Well, I guess you're, you learn something as a DJ, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> mixed, mixed together to create this like beautiful, I don't know, a symphony of sorts uh, in, a, in a trade show format. So, yeah, I, I, I'm going to start sounding corny and stupid now if i keep continuing down this path but it was kind of magical and it goes back to what what you had said before about you know i think the the word intention continues to be just so powerful to me um and you know it comes it goes back to you know no one can do anything like this alone um and so you start with an idea and if you're the one with the idea you know the intention is to grow an idea that can have some sort of impact that's in line with your passion or vision for the world. But then you have to bring other people in. And it started internally with our team at, at JD Events, um, you know, which was, for the most part, a group of people who didn't know much about the plant-based space, but certainly knew how to run trade shows. Um, and so I came in with a passion for the plant-based space, but not really much, much knowledge of it. Um, and so luckily, I was able to connect with Folks like yourself and um, you know Tom Dunham of the Plantrition Project, who are also among our earliest uh, partners and supporters, and and from there, begun being introduced to to others who became advisors and and partners and supporters. And it's the only thing at the time I was able to communicate to them, um, sometimes in person, but generally over a quick phone call, was a few words that contained that intention, which was like, "This is this is what we're." This is what we need to create for the world. So this is what if this is what we want to create for the world, this is what we need to create in a trade show. And if this is what we want to create in a trade show, then like let's get our heads together right now and think about how it could look. Um, and not everybody can see that and get on board, um, but certainly enough people in this particular uh, movement and, and industry and market, however you look at it, we're able to, to, to feel that and say, you know what, I, I resonate with that intention. I want to get involved. I want to lend my creative energy to that. Um, and so the, the experience that you described and, and the magic that's felt there and the space that's created for people to come in with whatever their own goals were that caused them to throw down a bunch of money on an exhibit booth or pay for a ticket um, or, you know, whatever it was, just get out of bed that morning and make their way to the Javits Center, which is, you know, takes a lot of energy. There's a lot of other places in the world you can choose to be other than the Javits Center on a Friday or Saturday. Um, and, and everyone has their own goals and reasons for doing that. But once they get there and they were able to feel this combined, you know, energy of 
the original idea combined with the original supporters and partners and advisors combined with the early adopters, as, as Jake mentioned, combined with the people who decided to buy a booth on June 6th at 10 p.m. because there was one left and they were like, well, we don't want to miss out on this. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what they felt. It was that there was, you know, in the end, we had probably close to close to 4,000 people in there over the course of the two days. And, and people... And all of those people felt this combined aggregate vibration, whatever you want to call it, however you see the world, it, it was there and you could feel it. And um, what comes out of that, the connections, the ideas, the new projects, the business deals that come out of that are somehow connected and tied um, energetically to what we created um, you know, in our hearts and minds when we first had an idea and and now it's not just an idea. Now we have a recap video with, you know, this is what this, I don't have to paint a mental picture for you anymore. Watch the video. That'll show you how awesome it was. Now, you know, do you want to be a part of it? And what way do you want to be a part of it? Um, and we, and we expand that intention to, you know, it's plant-based world. We want this to expand and impact the world, not just our country. And that's what's led us to, to, to pull the trigger on launching plant-based world, uh, Europe in the UK, in London, um, which will be in October of 2020. And we could have a whole other conversation about that, but I just bring it up because it's, it's, you know, it, it fell very much in line with, with what we're looking to do in creating a global platform for this market to expand for all of the reasons that we all know so well, um, making our world more balanced and, and, and humane and, and healthy and sustainable so that we can all enjoy living here for, for generations to come. Um, and it combines that aspect of of growing the business side of expanding uh, the opportunities for these products and and services um, to be used throughout the world. But we do not stray from the intention of we're building community because that's what the world truly needs, you know, and and no one thing is the golden solution to everything as, as great of an impact as food can have. Like it's just a piece of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. And if you're not, if you don't care about food, then like there's other things that you can do to make an impact. But if it's focused on building community around whatever that thing is, I believe we're moving in the right direction. So 2020 let's, let's close out by talking about what people can expect from plan-based world at least the new york version in 2020 we'll have to tackle europe in a separate conversation but uh so jake why don't you tell us what what plan-based world expo is going to look like in 2020 we kind of alluded to the fact that sort of doubling in size and it's it's going to be bigger better bolder which brings new challenges obviously and can it maintain this sense that we felt in the first time and is that only because it was smaller and can we keep that energy as we go into 2020 and beyond and doubling in size every year so jake what do you think i'll take it away so i think ben had alluded to earlier on one big area that we're focused on improving and, and really streamlining is just to to help people understand what's going on at the show at which times and and to be able to kind of navigate the event with a sense of ease. I think at at the event last year, there was just a little bit of, um, you know, kind of challenge and understanding, you know, what went where and kind of which sessions you were going to. And so there was a, there's a nice kind of concerted effort on our part to create a very clear, clean understanding of what's going on, what your past includes and kind of how you can have the best possible experience at the show. We will be doubling the show in size. We were in a 15,000-square-foot hall last year. We're 30,000 square feet this year. We'll probably look to have about double the amount of exhibiting companies. 
And for us, as far as the attendance goes, if you're a food manufacturer listening to the podcast and you're like, I want buyers, we're, we're going to give you buyers. You know, 50% of the audience we're developing for the show is going to be from the professional qualified food buying community, similar to the types of people you'll find at, you know, the fancy food shows or an expo East or West, except obviously they're focused on exclusively uh, sourcing plant-based products. Additionally, I think one of the really cool things about now having a track record and, and kind of a successful launch under our belt is that we're really highlighting plant-based products. Not that we weren't in year one, but you know, in year one, we're, we're filling a trade show floor. We, we need bodies and booths, right? And so in year one, you know, we had a very concentrated effort, but there were some outliers that maybe you know, they were there because they wanted to be a part of the movement, but maybe they don't really market or brand themselves as plant-based. And in year two, we've, we've really kind of honed in on providing what our audience is coming to find. If you market yourself as a plant-based or vegan brand, you are the you are the company that we want in a booth at our show. And you know, if you compare apples to apples, at at this time last year, we were a, a pretty far distance away from filling the trade show floor, and we're almost halfway full already. Um, and most of the bigger booths are, are taken, um, and a lot of them by companies who were in smaller booths last year who wanted to kind of step their game up in in year two. So, you know, some, those are some of the kind of just little modifications that we're making to, to make it a really exciting event. And, and on my side of things, on the business development side of things, and really speaking to the dollars and cents people out there, for folks who are exhibiting at our show, you know, what we are absolutely going to be putting into effect this year is a, is a matchmaking program uh, for exhibitors at our show to actually be able to set up meetings one-on-one with key buyers who are committing to the event. This is an invaluable opportunity. Uh, If you've been to a trade show expo, you know, if you decided to catch up with a friend for five minutes and the key buyer from UNFI walks by, you you missed him. You missed her. She's gone, right? Mm -hmm. It's like you you, you missed your chance. Whereas this is going to offer an opportunity for you as a plant-based manufacturer to literally get in front of the exact people that you want to get in front of and pitch your case and, and really have an opportunity to make the show a success before the doors even open on Friday. And so that's something that, you know, I am really excited about. And all of the exhibitors who I talk to who hear about this are like, I want that. That is, you know, I'm here to grow my brand and getting in front of XYZ is, is how I'm going to do it. Well, we're going to, we're going to give you XYZ at a table one-on-one for you to be able to, to tell your story and, and kind of continue to grow. And, um, you know, for me, that's the, that's the really big stuff. That's the exciting stuff. And we're going to be delivering an even higher quality audience than we were last year. We're going to be having some really exciting, you know, continual updates to who's coming from the buying community, the, the conference tracks, Ben, I'm sure can kind of fill in the, the gaps that I'm leaving behind here on the, on the content side of things. But, you know, those are, those are the things that I'm excited about. And when I'm talking to manufacturers who want to put booths on the floor and, and get in front of people, those are the things I'm really, you know, I'm really highlighting. That's exciting. Um, ben, what else can we expect that, that Jake somehow left, left out? I think you covered a lot. But, you know, for <laughs> someone who's only been on the team for a few months, he certainly <laughs> seems to have it down. Uh, it I don't, you know, I don't have, have much to add to that other than, you know, my, my particular role on the content side, as Jake said, um, is to develop a, a high quality education for our diverse audience, which is a challenge in that, you know, I, it's, it's a, it's a, organizational challenge on my part, um, to keep my, 
my thoughts and ideas um, separate, but all all moving forward on ideas for how to educate, you know, healthcare folks and business folks and members of the general public, um, and and provide something for them that is is uniquely catering to what they need and and of value, um, without being the same that every other event is doing or offering or being redundant or putting people on, you know, on stage who aren't delivering the right message. Like it's, it's, you know, we really have to, to work hard to make sure that, that the content is in line with, again, the intention of the event and what we want people to get out of it. And, you know, that's, what's, what's so exciting about getting to work with, with you, Nil on, on these sessions is that, you know, when we sit down, I know that we have a common vision and, Mm -hmm. you know, I might throw out an idea that I love and, and you will literally say, you know what, I have a better idea. And I'm like, great. I'm glad that you have a better idea because now my idea is, has been improved upon. And, uh, and, and that's really cool. And we, we made so much great progress in year one and, and opened up so many exciting conversations, um, particularly in, within the conference program that it's almost, it's like this, it, it feels very easeful that we now get to move into year two and expand upon some of the topics that we talked about to introduce new topics, to introduce new speakers, to bring back some speakers. Like it's, it's fun. It's exciting. These, the people that we're about to be reaching out to, to confirm as speakers, like it's exciting to, to feel that they're going to be excited to be involved again, or for the first time, or to tell us who else should be like, it's just, it's a very, um, it's, there's a lot of enthusiasm there. Um, and so I think that you'll, you'll, if you attended the event, if you're coming for the first time, you're going to, you're going to feel that, you're going to feel the growth and expansion um, that's taking place, not only at the show, but throughout the world that is kind of being harnessed at the yeah. show. And I can say, personally, we, we spent three hours or so this morning brainstorming some for our first brainstorming session for next year's content, <laughs> at least starting with the business side. But then we kind of went into some other things as well. Uh, wow, it's pretty exciting. Because yeah. now that having done it for one year... Um, having a sense of what we need to create and who we need to really help with the content and who we need to highlight and showcase and the kind of issues we need to cover. Um, it, I think it's it's going to be bigger, better, way more interesting. And then people will show up. <laughs> you see, I always keep worrying about people showing up. <laughs> and then the stuff will just happen. I feel like we're just getting started. But at this point, I'm going to have to unfortunately bring this conversation to a temporary close. We'll continue it very soon, I'm sure, because to me, this is part of an ongoing story that's, uh, yeah, that we're going to try and capture on this podcast and beyond as plant-based world, you know, really reaches across the world. So I'm going to let... to hear Jake's 2050 prediction, right? Uh, I would be curious if Jake has a 2050 prediction. I wasn't <laughs> anticipating getting into that question today. I was going to actually ask Jake another question. Uh, but, uh, but no, but I'm, I'm hosting dealer, this podcast. Dealer's now, choice. No. Dealer's yeah. choice. So, so I'm going to actually say one thing, and then I'll let Ben ask the question. So, at the end of the day, what really matters is what happens. In, um, that's an inside joke between Ben and I. Uh, he used to give me he used to give me crap for saying at the end of the day too much <laughs> on the podcast. Well, after he said that to me, I stopped saying it. Okay, Ben, ask the last question of Jake, and then we got to wrap up. All right, all right, Jake. So I'll, I'll try to try to do this in in the best nil form that I can, but uh, if. If in your mind everything goes um, in in the positive direction uh, over the course of the next few decades, and and the the, si- the food system and world that we are are setting our intention to create uh, right here and now comes to fruition, 
what's a picture that you can paint for us of, of the world how, how, and how food relates to that world as we see ourselves in the year 2050 when the population of the world has increased to a place where our current systems will, will not sustain it? Loaded question. <laughs> it's, uh, you, you know, if I, if I think of the best case scenario in, in 2050 that, that pegs me as a almost 60 year old. So hopefully, hopefully I'm looking at grandkids. You know, I, I hope that that's a world in which my grandkids don't even have meat or dairy on the plate. I hope that's a world where people look back on the mass slaughter of animals to consume them for food as an archaic and barbaric and wildly unhealthy thing. Um, you know, I, I think that the human ingenuity is priceless and nothing like it has ever existed that we know of barring the wide universe out there. Our scope of knowledge is limited to humanity and humanity has done some, some pretty unbelievably incredible things. And I have a lot of faith in the direction that humanity can move if we are able to harness the energy that we are predicting is possible in this theoretical hypothetical question, which is that if our community, if we can become a community of humans and not divided communities of parcels of, I believe this and you believe that, and I'm this color, you're that color, I'm in this state, I'm in that state. The, the, con- the, the combination of all of the passion and excitement and intelligence and creativity that the human race has can create a world where people can live their passions and they can breathe clean air and they don't need to evacuate their homes because of wildfires and their cities aren't sinking because of global warming. We can solve all of the problems. It just requires first making personal choices to improve yourself and then providing a welcoming, open-armed invitation to everyone to come learn more and join you. And that doesn't mean that you need to change right now. It just means you need to be open to being inquisitive and learning more and and recognizing that you don't know everything. So in my utopian 2050, we've got plant-based burgers that taste just like the real thing that are made from whole foods. And I can eat as many of them as I want and uh, know that I'm not going to die of a heart attack. That would be, that would be pretty, pretty rock solid. <laughs> can, can you see why we're bros now? <laughs> I can totally see why. Well, keep working on it and we'll make it happen. Well, thank you, Jake. Thank you, Ben. This has been a ton of fun. Yeah. Thanks, thanks. for, thanks for having us. It, it means a lot. And, uh, you know, I'll speak for the whole plant-based world team that it's, uh, it's an honor to be working with you and to have you, have you on our side and preaching the good word. It's, uh, it's incredibly powerful and, uh, makes a, makes a huge difference. Appreciate that. Thanks, Nell. Thank you. It's always fun. You've been listening to Eat for the Planet with Nell Zacharias. If you enjoyed this conversation and would like to show your support, please subscribe to the show and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. To learn more about how Eat for the Planet can help your brand or organization develop the right strategy, implement scalable operations, and grow responsibly, visit EFTP.co. That's EFTP.co. Let's rise up to the challenge of transforming our food system. Thank you for listening.
It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.